Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. Um, If you are not a new listener, then you're probably hearing in my voice that I am sick. I actually uh, feel a lot better than I sound, although I do uh, still not feel great after uh, all these years. COVID finally came came and got me last week, which is why there was no uh, new podcast episode last week. I was out for the count, but day by day, doing better and finally getting a little bit of work in uh, this week and have enough energy to record this intro uh, because I have a wonderful guest on the show today. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, I do, I don't know if I announced it on the podcast, um, but I do have a new course that's out. This is something that a lot of you have asked me for that I've been kind of hesitant to do in the past. Um, but I did a pilot of it with the 30 day challenge folks that I had, and this is a course all around writing your resume. So I know a lot of people, um, that's the part that really holds people up, whether they're looking to transition into L and D or, um, move up in the ranks, get a new job, even move laterally, right. Is writing that resume. And so this masterclass, it's actually a couple different things all in one. Um, first and foremost, it does include all of the niche work. So you all know I talk a lot about finding your niche and this program includes it because without knowing your niche, you can't write your resume. Uh, That's why I was so hesitant for so long to do something just about resumes, uh, but I couldn't just do it about resumes. So you'll get a lot of that niche content in there too, Um, but it's separated into three different parts. The first part is understanding your niche, getting clear on that. The second part is about all the prep work to do when it comes to creating a resume. And the third part is actually putting it together. So once you get to the third part, um, it's actually a piece of cake. And so you'll get a lot of content, um, templates, multiple examples of different resumes. So again, whether you're transitioning in, uh, whether you're moving up, no matter what it is, I have three different resume samples, uh, completed resume samples uh, in that course. So that is available right now. If you go to the overnighttrainer.thinkific.com, you will have access to the LMD resume reprogram and access to join it. So I'm really excited about it. There are even some people who have signed up for it. And the goal is to honestly take the guesswork out of doing your resume. I know it's something that can completely overwhelm people. And the goal is to make it as easy as possible. And for those of you that know me, you know, I am not about rewriting resumes for every single job you apply to. So this is a how to build it one and done masterclass. Um, again, masterclasses, actually a lot of content in there. So again, the overnight trainer.thinkific.com, you can access that. 
All right, let's move on to today's podcast, which I'm so excited um, to bring some more guests in for you all. I've done some incredible interviews over the last couple of weeks and have some more coming up. So um, at least once a month, you can expect to have a guest and maybe possibly um, over the next couple of weeks as I am healing uh, my voice and my body. But today I am joined by the most incredible, I'm sure you all are fangirling alongside with me, Lavinia Mehedintu. Um, and she is the co-founder of Offbeat. So that's probably how you know her. Um, and she's been designing learning experiences and career development programs for the last nine years in both the corporate world and in higher education. Like I said before, she's the co-founder and learning architect at Offbeat, and she's applying adult learning principles so that learning and professionals can connect, collaborate, and grow. She is passionate about social learning, behavior change, and technology, and consistently and constantly puts the work to bring these three together to drive innovation in the learning and development space. And that is what we're talking about today. Oh, just started pouring rain, so you might hear that outside too. But we are talking all about how do we drive innovation in L&D. And so I know you're going to love this episode as much as I did. The rain is pouring down. So without further ado, welcome Lavinia to the Overnight Trainer Podcast. Lavinia, welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. So I'm escaping the, the temperatures in my, in my city. Um, and yeah, preparing for a weekend because uh, we're talking on a Friday. So yeah, excited. We are talking on a Friday. I know right before we started recording, we were uh, comparing uh, comparing heat stories about yes. how hot it is right now. I feel like everywhere in the world is just like on fire, literally. Yes. <laughs> so yes, I'm glad right. you're got getting a little getting away a little bit, and I'll be definitely spending some uh, some time in the air conditioning this weekend too. <laughs> but I know that everyone. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people fangirling over you or fanboying or fan whatevering over you right now uh, because I know you as the creator of Offbeat and I have been a fan of yours for a long time. I've been a longtime subscriber since early on and we're going to talk about Offbeat today because we can't have you on the show and not talk about <laughs> Offbeat. But I'm not sure that everyone knows about your journey into the L&D space. So I'd love for you to tell us about how you got started in L&D, kind of walk us through, not like it's an interview or anything, but like walk <laughs> us through, you know, kind of your career path and how that's evolved. And then ultimately what led you to create Offbeat? Yeah. So it wasn't a childhood dream, to be honest. <laughs> like I didn't went out of my mom's womb saying, I want to work in L&D. I had no idea what L&D is, to be honest. But coming to uni in Bucharest, I also joined an organization for students. And that's where I started creating learning programs and career development programs for other students, basically. And I think what's important about that is that I learned a lot about how learning can be for, for someone different to what I, I knew about it from high school and from my, from my educational background, which was, I would say, very stiff. Maybe in the U.S. it's, it's similar. I, I do know that in, in other countries it's similar. So I started learning about social learning, uh, about practice, how you can practice and also learn. So that was very, very exciting for me. But I didn't get in, right into it because I thought I had a dream of working in marketing. And I went into uh, an ad agency and I worked for a while in social media marketing. And uh, that's how I learned it wasn't a, uh, for me, <laughs> to be honest. But I still got some really, really nice skills that I applied later on in L&D. 
So I went out of that ad agency and I had a choice. Should I stay in marketing or should I try something else? And there was this opening for an internship at a company I ended up staying for six years, um, which was for an internal comms and employer branding specialist. And uh, basically, I didn't get jumped right into L&B, but I got into HR doing marketing, right? So that was really, really exciting. And in that role, I learned a lot about the business. I, I learned about the different roles that we had in the company. And I also, uh, I, I think I had very, very strong connection and relationships with the different stakeholders that I ended up having in L&D as well. And uh, the, in, in EMAC, the company I worked for, there was this big HR team. And at some point, there was an opening in, in L&D for a product and technology team, which I, I loved. I'm, I'm a geek as well. So I think I could have, I, I, I thought I, I could resonate with, with them very well. And um, yeah, I said yes. I, I actually had a, I had a chat with the, the manager and I, yeah, I said yes, because I remembered how much I loved doing it as a student. And I ended up being a learning and development specialist consultant for a product and technology team. I did that for a year and a half. And then there was this big reorg in, in our HR team, in our, uh, in our organizational development team. And the new manager came to me uh, with, with an idea of having a people experience team, which was basically looking at, at L&D, but through the employee life cycle. So we had to just figure out how us as, as an L&D team can impact onboarding, career development, performance management, and, and so on. So I said, yes, <laughs> I said, yes, I, I became a people manager at first for a team of four that ended up when I left EMAG in February, there were 11 people on, on that team. And it was, I would say it was really, really fulfilling for me to see how the team grew because I feel that we also pitched very well the projects we had to end up having such, such a big team. So that's, yeah, shortly, that's my, my story, my career story. And how I ended up opening, launching off it is very funny. And it's not as exciting as you would think. It was out of boredom. <laughs> because when the pandemic started, I was really bored on a Sunday. And I also, like I, I as I was saying, I'm a geek. I like to research and I had a bunch of cool resources. And I just said, I'm going to post this on LinkedIn. I have no idea what it will happen. I don't think I had any expectations back then. And I kept doing that for, I think, two months. And someone suggested, why don't you turn this into, into a newsletter? And I said, okay, let's do it. Let's see how, how this goes. And that's how I started Offbeat. That's incredible. And it's, I feel like the way that you started Offbeat is almost too, it's so indicative of your career too, of just like, saying yes to things and being open, right? Of like, okay, sure. I'll put this in a newsletter that turned into now this like incredible startup company, right? Like, okay, sure. I'll go to this product <laughs> training role that turned into you leading a people experience team of 11, right? For, for so many years. So I think it just, I think it also shows the power of 
being open-minded and the power of Mm -hmm. saying yes to opportunities that come our way, which Mm -hmm. I think is also an important trait to have when it comes to to L&D, right? Mm -hmm. Like that open-mindedness, you know, the the more closed-minded we are, the less less we're able to help people. And so in Mm -hmm. your instance here, like not only were you able to help yourself, but it's like you were able to grow a team and to, Mm -hmm. and to hire all of those people and develop all of them. And now you have this, you know, this beautiful company that you're building uh, around what started as just a a LinkedIn post. So that's so (laughs) amazing. Well, you've been in the L&D space for a while and you've seen a lot and you've been part of a big evolution, even hearing about that reorg. How have you seen the L&D space evolve since you got into it? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you a bit about like from my point of view, because yeah, in my it. early days uh, as an L&D, I wasn't that connected or as connected as I am right now to, to the L&D world, like the L&D industry. But what I can see is when I first started, it was so much about training, about facilitation, about design about putting together a curriculum so it was a lot a lot about that not I'm not going to say only about that but it was a lot about that even my team back then when I, I I wasn't leading the team but I was only part of a team there there were many trainers in the team and less LD consultants and as time progressed I could see a shift towards learning more about business, learning how to connect our initiatives to business outcomes. I could see even the business as it grew, it started asking us about, okay, but what are the real metrics you are looking at? How do you actually yeah, impact performance, retention and all that? And on, on the other hand, um, you know, interest in other fields that weren't related to L&D, I could see that grow a lot, like product, marketing, behavior science, systems thinking. So I wasn't seeing that at first. I'm not sure if it was just because I was a junior and I, I was still learning, you know, the the, the basic things in L&D, or it, it's all also because the industry grew and it started being interested in, in all these other fields. Yeah, it's probably a, a mix of both, right? A little bit from column A and a little bit from column B there, because I think when, and what I, I noticed this from coaching a lot of people transitioning into L&D, and I'm, I know you work with people in, in, uh, mm-hmm. from, from all, all spectrums of, of the career spectrum. Uh, I, I noticed that it, it's that kind of an initial, almost like rite of passage to mm-hmm. learn like the old way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like to, like that, that it's almost like the textbook way of Mm -hmm. L&D. And so what I try to do, and I know you do too, is like, how do we, how do, like, how do you skip over that, right? Like, yes, there's some core principles that you need to know to be in L&D and to be successful in it, but also how do you, how can you already start to be in the future and start to modernize without having to learn all of the quote unquote, like bad behavior. So I think it's both right. We're like, yes, the industry has definitely evolved. I mean, it evolves, Mm -hmm. it's evolving rapidly. I mean, I think every month now there's just so much new technology and ideas and there's so many thought leaders in the space. Um, I was just, I know you were, uh, you, you spoke last, last uh, month at the um, learning cluster design, the monthly yes. modern dialogue. And I was just talking to Crystal Kadaki as a mentor and mm-hmm. a, a friend of mine. And we were just chatting the other day and this, 
this made me think of this. She was saying how like back in the day, back in the day, like <laughs> five, five years ago, uh, you know, five, 10 years ago, but like she was saying that when she got into L and D that was like almost considered like, you know, the death of your career mm-hmm. that it's like where your career went to die if you went mm-hmm. into the LD department in your organization and I think that's how so many places were but now mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's desired people you know first of all organizations need it but second of all people actually want to be in that field too so I think with that with that desire people wanting to get into it now it's evolved as well so I think it's a it's a mix of both of those um of hey yeah we just didn't know better um Mm -hmm. and now there's just so many more resources too so that's amazing to hear and one of the things that you talk a lot about uh, um I was talking we were talking about this before we started uh we hit the record button is uh inspiration you know I've anytime I first of all opening uh, I would say offbeat's one of the only newsletters that I actually like open and read every week yeah. <laughs> uh, which I'm sure you hear that a lot uh, but because it is so inspirational so you're able you're providing information in a way that is inspirational I know that's such a core a, a core part of who you are as a person mm-hmm. the work that you do from a consulting perspective the work that you do at offbeat so why do you think that inspiration is mm-hmm. so important to mm-hmm. L&D? And I'd love to hear some examples too of like where you've seen L&D professionals tapping into inspiration, right? Beyond, and we were chatting about it before we hit record, but like beyond that, just like checking the box, that kind of old school way of thinking, or even just helping people in their performance. Like where where does inspiration play a part in, in being a great L&D professional? Yeah, that's a great question because I think we are talking a lot and I hear many of my closest peers talk a lot about learning autonomy and how can we design an environment together with everyone else where you want to learn, right? It's it's not only about taking the box, just like you said, it's, it's that you want to be there and you're conscious about your learning and all that. And one of the traits that I keep hearing for a self-directed learner is curiosity. So I, I keep investigating and, and I'm still learning about this. How do you spark curiosity in someone, right? And for myself, even as a, as a human being, it's about providing inspiration just every time I read about something every time it doesn't only have to be about L&D right everything I read about the world as well I want to share that with people just because I know it might spark their curiosity right so I feel like in L&D obviously it's a lot about performance improvement as well but it's a lot about you know tickling somehow you know you you have to make sure that you you keep people curious and again I think you do that by bringing in cool people that can talk about different things that that maybe your colleagues haven't heard about yet or that it's related to their job and they don't know yet about it right so yeah, I, I think it's a lot for myself as a professional, it's it's a lot about sparking that curiosity in people. And I think that translates into my work at Offbit as well, just like you mentioned. And I think for myself, for example, it's about following 
people in the industry that are doing things differently, right? And I, I have to mention here, although she's she's not uh, in our industry any longer just because she doesn't have the role, but she's still a learning designer at heart. And that's Ana Maria Dorgo. And she talks a lot about social learning and how important that is and about community building. So I feel like following these type of people also I, I, I follow and I, I had some chats with someone from Beyond Deck um, and he's so amazing. He has, a, he has a diploma from Harvard and he talks about uh, educational te technology and education and what you can do with it. So yeah, just looking at those that their narrative, it's not the same as everyone else's. And uh, yeah, that's where you can tap into some inspiration for yourself as an L&D. That was so powerful. I mean, really just thinking, like wrapping that up is that like, yes, we talk so much about autonomy, but what drives autonomy, right? Does it, you can't just say, make it autonomous, <laughs> yes. What like, right? And, and we do, like, I'm even thinking about my own, like, I, I'm, my wheels are turning now too, right? Of like, make it autonomous. And, uh, you know, it, autonomy can mean so many different things, so many different people, right? But how do, how do we actually create the conditions yes. for someone to want to autonomously Yes. In, invest in their own learning. And I love that idea of, well, what sparks their curiosity? But again, you can't, how do you fuel the curiosity fire? You inspire them. So yeah. that's a really, that's such a powerful way of kind of looking at it almost from a formulaic perspective, right? Like backwards <laughs> engineer, if you want to create autonomous learning, you have to spark curiosity. Mm -hmm. Well, in order to spark curiosity, you have to inspire how do you, how do you do that? And, and that's, yeah, that's, that's a great question, right? But we're all still chill finding the answer to, but I think the more that you ask the question, the, and, and also going back to I think, especially those listening who are you know in L and D, you know, asking your learners too, like understanding mm -hmm. what inspires them, what sparks their curiosity and knowing that and, and being able to tap into that because it could be different for for every organization yes, and all the different you know personas inside of it. So that's a really incredible way of putting it, and that's something that will now stay with me. That's why I love doing the show. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I used to um, you know, once I left my full time while I was in my full time role, I spent a lot of time developing myself and learning and development mm -hmm. and um, going to conferences and you know taking courses and just being immersed in the in the community. But when I left, I was so I felt so um, I was like, man, I'm not like developing myself. And then it made I I had a a moment where I was like, wait a minute, I'm doing this podcast and I'm talking to these incredible people. Like this is my development. It made me again realize that we often contain learning into like going to a conference, taking a course, yes. reading a book, like all of those things. And really, it's like learning is all around us. And so uh, I think that's kind of a beautiful way to even think about inspiration too, that it doesn't have to be so traditional. We don't have to mm -hmm. be inspired in those traditional ways. So that kind of brings us into, you know, the future of learning. And that's something I know that you also talk a lot about. Um, when you think of the future of learning, what is that, what does that look like to you? And what skills would you say L&D practitioners need to be prepared to know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that that's a, a very, I have a very complex answer for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will try to summarize my thoughts. First, 
I'm, I'm, let, let's share the trends that I'm seeing and also, you know, the trends that I'm seeing and also the trends that I'm hoping for, you know, something that gets me excited. Yeah. Um, I would say going back to even your lesson learned about doing the podcast, I feel like even this is a small way of social learning, right? Just having a conversation with so many different people. And even for me, ever since I, I launched off with, I met so many people and they helped me tremendously in forming my opinions, right? So that's, I think social learning will be a very, very big thing. And also I think this because, you know, Gen Z is coming, they are more present in, in the workforce and they are used to connecting with each other and with other people so easily because most of them, I think they were born with phones in their hands. Seriously. Almost. <laughs> yeah. So as an L&D, you will need to learn how to foster the, that, that social learning in your organization, how to, and I think it's a lot about networking, going, going to skills. It's a lot about networking. Something that I like doing and I learned from others, um, actually it's not a brand new idea is that as as you get to know people you get to know their experiences strengths lessons learned and so on and you you can connect them to each other like just i always have an article or someone in mind for almost everyone i meet and i like to, to connect people and i think that's something we we should start doing manually i would say it's even fun for us and maybe at some point we we can scale it with technology uh, as well and that brings me to my second point which i think it's not new but it's it's not something that will die very soon for lnd which is technology and technology adoption in in different for different use cases we're seeing right now we're seeing vr ar coming in ai and i think that will stay with us for for a while and it will impact the way we do our jobs as well so that's the the second trend i'm seeing another one that again it's i i think it's not new, but it's more and more adopted and talked about is marketing. Like, because truth is we are busy and it's not that we're busy at work. I'm not talking about that. We like in our lives, we have so many things that are happening and there's information overload because you have to deal with the world events that are I, they always happened, but right now, because we have technology and we have the digital space, you always know about them. Then we have our personal lives that, you know, life happens, as we always say. Then we have our roles, our different roles in our organization. So we there's so much information. We can't expect people to come to us just because we build something. Right? We have to learn how to get our programs in front of them and explain them what it would be useful for them to, to join us. And I, I feel like mark, marketing is doing that amazingly. And we're all already learning a lot from them. I'm not saying that we're not, but there's more to learn, which is very, very exciting. And I think the fourth one, and I'm going to stop there with, with the trends, 
is exactly what we were talking about, which is learning autonomy. Because I, I actually had a, an event earlier this week and we were talking about change, that change will stay here. And there, there will always be new skills to, to learn, new things to learn. And the best thing we, we can equip ourselves and our colleagues as well with is learning how to learn, right? We, we, have, uh, we were talking about curiosity, right? How do you foster curiosity? How do you help your colleagues, colleagues focus actually on learning the things that they want to learn and that their organization would also benefit from. And, you know, being aware, something else you, you just said, being aware of all the ways they are, they are learning, they're not only learning because they, they're going to a conference or because they attend the training, they always learn in the, in the flow of work, right? So I think fostering learning autonomy will also be here with us for a while, just because it's our, I would say, mechanism of adapting to change, which will always happen from now on. And uh, to, to go to, to skills now, I think that apart from networking, which I already mentioned, this idea of self-direct, being a self-directed learner should also be with us as LNDs because we are the ones that, should know most about behavior change and adult learning and all that. So we we have to keep learning. We have to be autonomous learners, you know, uh, do what you preach at the end of the day. Um, and something else that it's not going to be technical, it's going to be about us as human, human beings. I think self-awareness is, is really, really important. Self-awareness and self-efficacy and maybe uh, all of them have to do with emotional intelligence in, in some way or, an, or another. But again, learning about yourself and who you are and who you want to be in your career and outside of it, I feel like that's really, it can give you an advantage uh, in comparison with, with others if you want to look at it that way. And it can guide you in in better, in becoming more assertive, in giving more feedback, in in playing, you know, a, a playing like a team a team member, like self awareness, self efficacy, and everything that has to do about knowing yourself better. I think it will stay with us, and I'm seeing it as a, as a trend as well. To be honest, even I, I see so many people going to therapy now more than they were before. I I hear about people reaching out to coaches like you are right so th that's so so important in yeah for everyone obviously but it should be important for us as, as LNDs as well and this is the short answer I have yeah. a very long one <laughs> I, but I'm like I feel like we need a part two of this episode that's just about <laughs> this but I I love your answers so well so much and for so many reasons but you know so many people want the list of like traditional skills, right? What do I need to learn? I need to learn instructional design. I need to learn this formula. I need to learn this theory, right? And it's like, no, we need to learn to be better humans. <laughs> like, yes. the, because you know, especially I feel like as, as L&D, we have such a responsibility to people in their careers. And to me, that's been why I love this job so much and this career so much is the impact that we have on other people 
and not only in their career in this moment, but in the trajectory of their entire Mm -hmm. careers. Like it's, I mean, we're not heart surgeons or rocket scientists, but like we do have a lot of impact on people. And and I think L and D, I know this is a biased statement, but you know, you probably agree with me because you're an L and (laughs) D that, uh, you know, we can make or break an organization and the L and D department can either be a reason why someone feels really safe and supported by the organization or having a poor department or no department at all makes it feel like they're constantly being punished or, you know, those things too. Right. So I feel like it has such a heavy hand in it. And so it's important for us to, A, to your point, we have to develop ourselves. And I I've mentioned this in this podcast a bunch of times, but I had a boss who used to tell me that L and D we were the cobbler's kids with no shoes yes. and that, you know, we're constantly developing everyone else and, and do we don't have the resources to develop ourselves. And to me, I always, that always like stuck with me. And I always knew that when I came to a leadership position that I wanted my team to be that set the example for what it looks like to self-develop to then also be developed by their leader, right? There's, it's, it's finding that middle ground there. And I love that you had mentioned too about change and yes, the only thing constant in life is change like that's and, and being prepared for that. And so when you, it's kind of like a follow-up to what you just said, those are all the things that we need, we need to do, but what do you think that L and D needs to let go of? as we, with all those things that you talk about, because you can't, you know, you can't pour from empty cup, right? So it's like, we have to, we have to let go of some things in order to make room for this, Mm -hmm. this more human centered, human aware skill set that you're talking about. So what do we need to say goodbye to? Oh, saying yes. That could probably be a whole episode too. Actually, I just did an episode of like this. (laughs) Yeah, I would say, uh, saying yes. Um, We've said yes a lot uh, to everything that our stakeholders um, asked for. And it's normal, like especially it. And it's not only an L&D thing, but if as a human being, you're a people pleaser and you you might be afraid of authority or, you know, there are so many things that come into play in this. But I feel that we should be more courageous in saying yes, see what happens, (laughs) you know, they might, uh, they might not be the friendliest when you, it's not even saying no, but actually not doing everything that, that we're being told. And it's really, really hard. I, I'm, I mean, I know it's really easy to say it, but I know from experience that it's also really, really hard to do it, especially as a junior LD, I've been there once and it's really hard to do it. Uh, but you know, try it once, see what happens. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that not saying yes immediately and actually starting to ask questions just out of curiosity, you know, because I know that some stakeholders might say, but uh, why are you asking all these questions? But even your, you know, your, your tone, <laughs> asking with curiosity, I want to learn about your business. I want to learn about your people, about how you, I don't know if it's a sales team, how you bring in money, how you're talking to customers. Like it, it should be from a curiosity angle rather than tell me, because I will tell you, I, I will tell you exactly what you can improve. It doesn't have to be like that. So yeah, short answer saying yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, you made a good point too, right? Of like, it doesn't need, 
it doesn't mean that you have to say no. Like, yes, we have to get, we have to stop just saying yes. We have to stop saying yes without asking questions. Yes. Right. Like, so it doesn't, well, to your point, it's not necessarily going to be a no, but it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a, it's a yes, but I need to know that like, yes, I will help you. Yes. Mm -hmm. I I can support you. Is it going to be the 20 minute e-learning that you want it to be probably not, mm-hmm. but let, let me ask you more questions around it. And so I think it's, it's letting, letting go. Yeah. Of, of being the order taker, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and showing that curiosity. And I think there's a way to do it gracefully. Right. Cause I think some people will be like, nope, 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 nope. But it's like, okay, that's not helping either, but being able to say, yes, I'd love to help you. And in order to, to create the best experience and this change or whatever it is you're aiming to do, let me ask you a few questions so I can, I can make this the best that it can be. Um, so I love that. Yes. I 100% co-sign on, on needing to let go of that. So we can same, have a petition. Sorry. We can yes. have a petition. <laughs> we get like a million signatures. <laughs> so on the, on the same note of the future of learning, what types of L&D roles do you think support this idea of where we're going and, you know, what will L&D teams start to, to look like as we, sh- as we shift into that and move into this? I mean, the future really is now, right? I mean, mm-hmm. all these things that you're talking about are actually already happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, yeah, what type of L&D roles support this? What will teams start to look like? Oh my God. So I had an, a LinkedIn post about this and it was so popular and mostly because so many people like, joined and asked questions and gave their opinion. So I, I love the topic. I feel like to tie back to what I was saying about the future of learning, I feel like community building, community builder, community manager, whatever, will be a huge role. And it's, a, it's such an exciting role to have. And I hope we will see that in, in L&D at some point. Then Another one, um, which I hope for, to be honest, is behavior uh, designer, like behavior mm-hmm. scientist. I would really, really like to, to see that, to complement. I'm not saying, I'm always, like, I have a very strong stance against training, and it's not training in general, but it's training and workshops in isolation. Yeah. And I think that bringing in behavior change interventions, more complex behavior change interventions to the table, we can complement what we're already doing with other things, with other frameworks, with things that maybe are closer to what science tells us that how adults learn and how how everyone changes behaviors, right? So yeah, having someone to take care of that would be freaking amazing. Then another role would be something around data, data scientist, data analyst. I don't know the terminology exactly, and I, I don't want to make a fool of myself, but it has to, it has to do with measuring whatever we're doing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, having someone with the skills to look at data and actually gather data, look at data and tell the story with the data that we are gathering. So that's the third one. Oh my God, so many <laughs> cool roles, to be honest. Another one would be, yeah, it, it's performance consulting. And I, I see so many other people talking about this, which is very close to what you just said. You know, not saying no, but rather saying no and asking questions. 
and trying to understand what drives performance and trying to understand what you know, you know what tools from our toolkit as L&D can help that in being a complement to whatever else you're doing in your team and your organization. It, it, you know, right now I feel like stakeholders come to us and they ask us to do something. And it's often not about that. Probably everyone knows that. It's not only about that. You have to do something as an L&D as a complement to what the team leader is doing, to what senior managers are doing. Uh, so yeah, I feel like having this performance consulting uh, as a focus would be really nice. So these four, I, I, yeah, are really exciting. And the fifth one, which I actually wrote about and we were just talking about is marketing. Having someone that can help you with marketing, whatever that means, it would be amazing. And there are other ones as well, but these, these five like really, really exciting. Yeah. And it, I think it goes back to we were talking about how you got into the into HR in the first place, right? It's like that we, we've seen a big in the last couple of years, I mean, even probably the last seven years, that idea of employer marketing. So mm-hmm. employee marketing, so that we know that is already a trend that exists in the HR space. So it's not far to imagine that we would start to see that soon in the L&D space, or maybe that person under H is shared under, you know, in employee yes. marketing, they also take on part of the L&D space, right? It doesn't have to be its own L&D role, but if we all, if they're living under HR and we're talking about employer, employee marketing and employee branding, well, the employee learning cycle is a very important part of that branding too. So I think many of these aren't far off and probably already exist in some way, shape or form, it's just not necessarily formalized yet. But I was thinking about your kind of, you talking about yes. how you got, you got into L&D with that employer, employee branding, employee mm-hmm. communications. That's, we just need that in the L&D space too. So yes, exactly. that's exciting. I hope, I know I, there's been a lot of talk in the last like year or so around how things are changing and, you know, I know you're, you, um, I caught the, the replay, but when you were at the modern, the monthly modern learning dialogue, talking about content curation mm-hmm. and, you know, how that's like such a, you know, a turning point now too. And, you know, it's, it's not so much around us being the gatekeepers and all the creators, but how do we curate those experiences? And so we're going to need people who are going to be more focused on that than on the actual, you know, development of, of particular yes. assets too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, that happening. So, okay. Talk to us about Offbeat. So I know everyone's like, we love Offbeat. Talk about Offbeat. So as you mentioned, it started as a newsletter. Uh, it started as a LinkedIn post. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's take, let's take it back. Started as a LinkedIn post, start, then moved into a newsletter. And now you are a one-stop L&D shop. So tell us a little bit more about like the Offbeat journey, what Offbeat is all about now that it's grown into what it is, and what type of support do you provide L&D professionals? Yeah, so I really like this idea of a one-stop shop because this is what I would like Offbeat to turn into at some point. Maybe we're on a good path, I think. But yes. yeah, it's it started as a newsletter first, then because I was doing content curation. And I have to admit, it's not as easy to find like good, good resources in, in the space, like resources that are researched or from actually people's experiences and that they talk for real about what the heck have you done, you know? So what we did was actually bring in, bring in people 
from LNB that they want to share their that want to share their knowledge. And right now they are they are writing uh, all kinds of articles for our publication. So we launched that in September 2020, and it's so interesting because we've we've tried so many things, some that are actually trending right now in LNB. But I also wanted to be something that's close to my heart. So we first tried cohort-based programs, which I think they might work in some way, shape, or, or form. But for us, it didn't because people were so busy. We, we really wanted people to practice, to have a practice, uh, I don't know, angle to whatever we were learning and maybe even bring in projects from home to to practice with in in the cohort based programs we're doing and that for for many reasons didn't work out for us so we said okay cohort based programs aren't working what else can we do and right now we are building on two fronts i like to say the first one is the content front so basically what we want to do is just like you said become a one-stop shop for anything you're looking for in LND. And we have, oh my God, so many forms of doing that. Right now, the platform only has resources that are curated from other, from other sources. But in the future, we want to add two more things to it. First is the classical e-learning, just because it's there. If people want to jump into learning something, they, they can have it there. And the second one is um, something new. I don't even know how to explain it, but we call them audio learning journeys. Basically, we will ask different people, just like you're doing right now, different questions, and we will compile different answers to one question. And people can either, you know, if you have a question in LND, you can jump into our platform and uh, type it down, write it down and get not only one, but multiple perspectives, maybe from people that have different experiences that are in different, uh, you know, org sizes, org shapes and, and so on. Or if you want to learn about a broader topic, we will arrange all those question, questions in a logical sequence for you and you can just go through all of them like a small podcast right so that's the content piece that's how the platform will transform over time and then we have the fellowship which i'm really excited about because it's all about social learning which i love it it's it's been tremendously helpful in my career and i want to do the same for for other people and it's not only about social learning it's about to be honest, it's about developing, helping LNDs develop from every angle. Because I was talking about the, I don't, I don't want to call it soft because I, 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 it's not something I relate to. But those power skills, let's say, yeah. those skills that will never die, even if you stay in LND or if you go outside of LND, those skills, habits, behaviors will stay with you. And obviously, on the other hand, it's about the technical knowledge of, of LND professionals. So we want to, I would say, design an environment where both of those, uh, those areas um, yeah, are built in for an LND professional. And how we, we do it, it's a combination. It's 
definitely a combination of social learning, as I was saying, which is a big, big part. But we are experimenting with bringing in a practical way of learning as well. Basically, we are building small teams. We are just asking people, hey, we're building this. Do you want to do it with us? And people want to do that because it stops being about learning in a vacuum just because you know, for the sake of learning, which is also fun, obviously, but it's in, in a, for us, we would like it not to be just because, you know, for, for fun. Right. Having and, an, having an intention. Exactly. Having an intention behind it. And yeah, people want to do it. And we are bringing in all types of projects and we have two teams working on two exciting, uh, two exciting projects right now. So yeah, it's a combination of social and practical learning for our fellowship. So many things, but yes, one-stop shop for LND professionals. I love that. <laughs> it is. It, it really is. And I mean, I mean, and and watching it grow from from being the newsletter into what mm-hmm. it is today has been incredible. And as a you know, a fellow LND entrepreneur, like I know, mm-hmm. I know what goes in on the on the back end too. And so it's nothing short of amazing what you've done in such a short period of time. Um, and the and the resources that you are providing to the community are are invaluable. So I I I'm gonna link obviously to to Offbeat. Y'all will get all the all the resources. I'll link in the sh- in the show notes here. But um, if you are not subscribed, if you are not you know on their website, if you are not joining these programs and tapping into these resources, you know you're missing out on so much. So I love that. And, and I wanna I know there's such a range of L&D professionals that kind of walk through the, the quote unquote offbeat doors, right? There's probably ranges from people who are transitioning in all the way up into the, the CLOs and the VPs and the, and, and the heads of. So two part question for you. What is your biggest piece of advice for new L&D professionals? And what is your biggest piece of advice for seasoned L&D professionals? So for junior L&D professionals, I would say connect with as many people as you can, basically, if you, you basically have the time, like if we want to learn about something, you will make the time for it. And people are more open than you know to connect. Probably not everyone, but most of uh, L&D professionals I know are really, really happy to share their knowledge. So I would say just reach out, write a LinkedIn message. I want to jump into your industry. I want to learn about this. Please share your knowledge. And people will be open to doing that. And you will learn so, so freaking much from doing that. So that's for uh, for junior L&D professionals. For, for season, uh, seasoned L&D professionals, that's such an interesting one. I would say uh, ca- kind of the same, but maybe with people from outside their industry. So mm-hmm. just like. jump into, I would say deep dive maybe into what product does, into what marketing does, into, yeah, just learn about what what everyone you know is doing and you you don't have to learn the technicalities of it but at least yeah talk to people schedule meetings with with yeah cmos for example if you're a clo schedule meeting with cpos with whatever so yeah just network outside your industry i love that and i think you even think too like some of the like some of the more recent trends in lnd I loved who you said before, like none of these are new things, right? But they're things that other industries have done and done well. 
And so rather than having to recreate the wheel, right, especially as a seasoned professional, you've already done so much. So now at this point, you, you, you have the foundational knowledge. Mm-hmm. How do you find that inspiration going back to that, right? That inspiration outside to then say, Hey, that's a cool theory, or that's a cool way of doing it. Or, wow, I, I just watched that team meeting, you know, in a different way than, than what we I've ever seen before. How can mm-hmm. I bring that back in? And so I love, I think that's really incredible advice. And I mean, the big takeaway there is like to always be networking, to always be connecting. And I tell my coaching, my career coaching clients that like, it's not something you just do at the beginning of your search and forget about, like it has to, you have to keep doing it over. Like it, it's just becomes part of, it has to become part of who you are. It's mm-hmm. the, like you said, the fastest way to learn and to grow is to expand, expand that social set, network that you have. And that's where that social learning comes from. So speaking of learning question, I ask every guest on the show, what are you learning right now? Oh my God. I'm not the best example. Like I'm, <laughs> I fall on the other, like I, oh. It's too much for me. There are too many things out there to learn. But like to, to keep it short, um, one of the things I'm learning right now is no-code technology. Just because as I was mentioning at the beginning, like I'm a geek. I have to find a setting where I can play with those things. And no-code is a big, big thing for me. If uh, people don't know what no-code is, is basically you get some apps where you can build your own platform without any developer, engineer, and so on. So that's really, really exciting. So I'm learning a lot about that. I'm, I'm just jumping into tools and figuring out how, how they work. So that's one thing. The other thing is behavior, behavior science. Like um, I, I have to recommend something. Uh, th- there's uh, this website, this newsletter, and this amazing community called Habit Quickly. And they had this list of books about behavior science. And what it's cool about that list is that they categorize the list on, okay, if you're just starting with behavior science, what you should read. If you're mid, if you're blah, 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 you know, until you're a senior. And I just started reading all those books. That's my, my goal. And I'm just stepping into this amazing knowledge about behavior change and behavior science. And the third thing is, is social learning. Like I, I have a big passion for that and I'm trying to understand a bit more. Like I know it, I know what peer learning is. I, I know the, some basic things about it, but I do want to understand the, the more deep things in, yeah, that connects people and helps them learn from each other. So these three are on my radar and I love them incredibly. <laughs> Well, I think you are a great example because those are three incredible things. And to your point that we've been making this whole time, right. Of like thinking outside of the traditional LED box. None of that was like, I'm learning about this one model. It's, you know, I'm really like learning about it from, from, from different angles. And so I wrote down that habit quickly and I'll link it in the show notes too. So people can, can access it too. Now, now I'm a book junkie. I mean, I like to buy books. I don't actually read all of them, but uh, (laughs) I have like stacks and stacks of books. My fiance is always like, you got another book? Did you read the last one? I was like, I will, I will. Uh, But I will definitely go through that because that's something that is interesting to me. So last question for you. What is next for you personally, professionally? What's next for Offbeat? And where can people connect with you and learn more about you? 
Oh, what's next for me? Just uh, learning how to manage myself as an entrepreneur better. Uh, that's that's a huge thing. You already probably know this. Like there are many challenges that come with the the role, let's say. And I'm yeah, I'm just trying how to manage the stress and find some work life balance in there. Uh, but it's just building off it. It's just connecting to as many people as possible. It's just, yeah, designing this, this space that I envision right now for learning and development professionals. And for, for Offbit, it's, yeah, just incremental growth, I would say, and incremental improvement of our platform and of our fellowship. Because I, I do believe that you have to make small changes because you can't reach that vision from, you know, one step. Um, so that's that's in the future. That's what's in store for for me and for Offbit. And yeah, talking about connecting to people, um, I love connecting to people on LinkedIn. Uh, you will probably link to my LinkedIn in the yep. description, so you have it there. Please connect with me. Reach out. Like I had I had someone reaching out, and they were saying, oh, "I know you're busy, and I didn't expect you to to respond." And I'm not. No, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to respond and reply and connect to you uh, yeah, as quickly as possible. And uh, our website, offbit.works, uh, is there for you. You will find amazing free resources and our, our paid plans as well. Just uh, go in there. Awesome. Well, this has been an incredible conversation. Like I said, I always learn from these and you have, you have inspired me. The, the, with this conversation, um, I'm like, I'm like ready to go. I'm like, I don't know what I'm ready to go do. Like, I don't usually work on Fridays. So I'm like, I got to put this energy somewhere. I have patio furniture being delivered today. So maybe I'll put that energy towards uh, putting that together. But it's always such an incredible time talking to you. And again, you know, shows what networking can do and having conversations and reaching out to people. Uh, we've never met in person. We live in different <laughs> countries and, you know, here, you know, supporting each other. And it goes to show how supportive this L&D community is. So please make sure to reach out to Lavinia to go and check out off, uh, Offbeat. I was going to say off works, but offbeat.works <laughs> uh, for the most incredible resources that, that you'll find. So thank you, Lavinia, for being here. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for creating Offbeat, creating a beautiful and amazing communities in the space. And it sounds like we'll have to do a, an episode two where we dive much deeper into the future of learning. So I'm sure we will be continuing this conversation soon. But thank you so much for hopping on the show today. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Congrats for your podcast, to be honest. The consistency that has to go into having a podcast is amazing. So congrats. Keep learning. You're already learning. So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools, as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.